Philippians chapter 2, uh, verses 14 through 16 is our text. We're going verse by verse through Philippians. Our series that we're calling is uh, full of it. While you're turning there, let me read you a couple of other verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And later in John 8:12, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And then in Matthew 5.14, he says to his people, You are the light of the world. You can't read Philippians without seeing the indisputable fact that the Christian life is meant to be full and not empty. It's meant to be growing, not stagnant. It's meant to be advancing, not stopping or declining. And so you discover the plan of God and the power of God made manifest in the life of every believer who is called upon to bring glory to our King and Savior, Jesus Christ. But you read this text and also discover that there are many pitfalls which can hinder the growth of a Christian. There are adversaries that seek to rob our joy and rob our witness, to rob our unity, to rob our peace, to rob us of the fullness that God truly wants for us today and every day. Our verses this morning are going to once again remind us of our position as believers, as light bearers here on the earth and how we progress with the Lord in a world that is full of potential stumbling stones and entanglements. And so let's look at our text, starting in verse 14. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, or labored in vain. And so we see that there's a directive we've received, there's a goal that we're pressing toward, and a warning of danger. Paul doesn't want us to waste our potential while we're on this side of eternity. God doesn't want us to get to the reward seed of Christ, having lived our lives as simply hearers, but not doers of his word. He doesn't want us to be people that wait to follow him until it's convenient or easy. He doesn't want us to live our lives split between godliness and worldliness. He doesn't want us to hide our light under a bushel because that kind of life doesn't reap reward. It doesn't reap fullness or satisfaction in Jesus. Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, reminds us this morning that we carry on the work of God bringing light into this world. At conversion, you and I were ignited, brought from darkness into the light of Jesus Christ. And now we are to shine to those around us. And so let's read this text one more time and then start getting into it. Notice some of the words and phrases here. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain." Our relationship with God is a progression. I think that's pretty obvious as you look in uh, even the first two chapters of Philippians as we have. Paul writes here that we become blameless and harmless. 
Throughout the scriptures, we see that walking with God is a refining process as he purifies and conforms and shapes us day by day till finally we are presented as the faultless bride of Christ. A really good life example of this is Abraham. You look at Abraham at the beginning and then you look at Abraham at the end. You know, there's times when towards the beginning where Abraham's just not trusting the Lord and making these bad decisions and the Lord keeps refining him until the moment where he says, yeah, I'll, I'll sacrifice my son to you right now. And then if I do, you'll have to raise him from the dead. Hey, he's a good example of that progression. God develops us and he fills us, cutting away those diseased portions of our lives and those limbs which are fruitless within us. And because of that work, along the way, those who are in darkness, they see a great light in our lives. They see this strange transformation happening. They see difference and purpose in a life where there once was no difference. There was no purpose. At least that's the plan. That's what is supposed to happen as we live out the Christian life. Paul is over and over again reminding us of the situation that God has established for his people. But we have to engage. Otherwise, our light dims because we become less filled with God's Holy Spirit, less energized by his power, less effective for his glory. And so our text says a Christian is to become blameless and harmless without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. We become blameless before God by taking on the mind of Christ. And we've talked about that back in verse 5 of this chapter. Harmless has to do with our relationship with others. Because a Christian's life is not only about his relationship with the Lord, but also how he interacts with the people God has placed in his life. Our words and behavior should never harm another person's spirituality. Have we stumbled? Have we discouraged? Have we deceived? Have we coerced? These sorts of actions and activities harm people and it causes them to trip or even fall as the Lord seeks to draw them to himself. And so the goal is that our lives would become blameless and harmless. That is the life that causes heaven to rejoice because it brings glory to God and it draws men nearer to their Savior. And so how do we do it? How do we partner with God in his desire to transform us in this way? There are really a number of great practical lessons in this one long sentence from Paul. Paul is great because he clearly didn't believe in grammar. He just said, oh, my sentences can be as long as they want. So. so first, from our text, we need to stop complaining and stop disputing. God's word speaks in no uncertain terms here. It says we are to do all things without complaining and disputing, all of them. And uh, this is rough. It's very, very difficult for me, at least, because I'm a complainer. Um, I don't like that about myself, but I find that I, I complain a lot. But the fact of the matter is that the simple act of not complaining will dramatically brighten our spiritual lamps and increase the wattage of our witness. Because remember, God's work in us is progressive. It's like the breaking of day in, in one sense. First there's darkness, and then a few shimmers of light, followed by an ever-increasing amount of sunlight breaking forth across the landscape. God completes his work in us day by day by day. He's made every believer to shine in whatever place that he has brought us to. And so as we allow God in to control our lives, he purifies us. And as he purifies us, he brings forth fruit in our lives. As he brings forth fruit in our lives, the brightness of our light will increase as we mature and yield to him. He increases our witness, the uh, effectiveness and the brightness of it. According to the scriptures... Complaining shuts that whole process down almost immediately because complaining leads to all sorts of incredible problems in our life. 
Scholars point out that the word Paul used there is somewhat unusual for the New Testament. It's a direct reference to the grumbling and murmuring that the Israelites so often did during the wilderness wandering. Complaining at its core is discontent with God. It's making demands of God, and it is absolutely toxic. And that's something that we just need to accept and understand. It's one of the most damaging sins, not only in the life of the individual, but also within the church at large. Because this kind of complaining, this murmuring that Paul's talking about, pushes out the Holy Spirit and replaces it with human effort. Look at the example of the Israelites in the wilderness. Look at the example of Jonah. Murmuring leads ultimately to a very sad state of being. Because murmuring leads to disputing with God and disputing with other believers. And disputing here in our text means arguing. That's the word that's used. It's division within the church. And division means that we're holding resentment, we're holding hatred and pride and disunity within our hearts. And as we've seen in previous weeks in this study, Christians are called to unity and humility. And we're not called to always demand our way. We're not, always called, we're not called to always demand our rights or our opinion. Instead, Christians are called to serve and esteem others better than ourselves. That's the deal. And so if we're called to be living sacrifices, as Jesus was a sacrifice, then we're going to look at Jesus as our example of how to be a sacrifice. And his example, we see, was selfless, guileless, even silent when he was before Pontius Pilate. I mean, legally speaking, uh, there was no cause for Jesus Christ to die as he stood before Pontius Pilate. And we're familiar with the story. He had every right not only to defend himself and just walk away free. All he had to say was, yeah, they tried me illegally. There's nothing I've done deserving of death. You know, more importantly, he had the right as God to annihilate mankind with the word of his mouth. Okay, so that, those are the rights that Jesus Christ had in that moment. Yet, he was a selfless and silent sacrifice on our behalf. And now he has called us to take up our cross every single day and to go about his world as living sacrifices in all things without complaining or disputing. Uh, that is a really rough verse, but it's something that we need to familiarize ourselves with. Philippians 2.14 uh, The next way that we partner with God in becoming Christians who are blameless and harmless is to see the world for what it is, crooked and perverse. It's really important that we understand the need for purity in our lives and the separation from the world. Again, in very plain and definite terms, God has commanded us as believers to be apart from the darkness and the carnality of this world. James 4.4 4, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That's a pretty serious statement and something that we should take seriously. It's cut and dry. The world we live in is crooked and it is perverse. You know, we hear about corrup corruption, What you know, the word crooked there. We hear about corruption every day on the news. We get upset about it. Most of the time I find myself complaining about it. We see perversion all around us in advertisements and just about everywhere else. You can't go anywhere anymore without seeing perversion. What we cannot do is allow the spoilage of the world to latch onto our lives, to latch into our thoughts. We can't espouse ourselves to Jesus Christ, but continue dabbling in the perversion all around us. Most importantly, we need to create barriers and defenses within our hearts that will keep the sinfulness of the world out of our hearts and out of our minds. In the Old Testament, sacrificial lambs were to be without spot or blemish. 
If a uh, animal had a, some sort of blemish or some sort of defect, it was disqualified from being a sacrifice before the Lord. Now, we are called to present ourselves as sacrifices to God, living sacrifices. Now, luckily, we are able to have our blemishes and our spots cleansed by the Lord through the forgiveness of our sins, through the work of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be perfect before we serve God. We don't have to be perfect before we present ourselves to God this morning. But we do need to recognize that the world is filthy and is seeking to influence and sabotage us. And so if we present ourselves to the Lord in this analogy and we're covered with the filth of the world and the perversion of the world and that has made a home in our lives, we've made ourselves friends with the world, then we are not going to be qualified as sacrifices. We need to present ourselves to Jesus and say, I want you to deal with this. I want you to deal with the blemishes. I want you to deal with the, the, the dirt that I've collected as I've walked around this world. Wash my feet. Cleanse my way. If we ever find ourselves not believing that the world is out to destroy us or that the world is uh, out to influence us in a negative way, uh, out to destroy our witness, then we need only think of Solomon, think of Gideon, think of Eli. Think about the fact that so much of Paul's message throughout his writings is the encouragement to press on and finish well. Why does he keep saying that over and over to us? Because we're prone to be swept away. We're prone to be drawn off. We're prone to relax our defenses. And when that happens, the world comes in and damages us. If we yield to the perversion and the corruption of the world, we will bring horror and failure into our lives. And so see perversion for what it is and choose the light instead of the darkness. First John 1 John 1.7 If we walk in the light... As he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And so God comes to us and he says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. And sacrifices are to be holy and set apart and pure. By the way, I will purify you as you submit yourself to me. By the blood of Jesus, I will do that. But we have to participate in all of that and understand that, yeah, I do want to relinquish control of my life to Jesus so that he can cleanse me, so that he can use me to glorify himself and draw others to him. Now, Paul reminds us in verse 16 that we are holding fast to what he calls the word of life. And this gives us the proper perspective that we have received life and others do not have it yet. This is not a boast, but it's a mission. We should look at that statement and think, oh, I need to do something about that. I have received life and those in darkness, those persons who are still trapped on the crooked path, will end in destruction eternally. There should be a heart for the lost growing and developing within our lives. Some will have the gift of evangelism, some will not, but all of us should have a, a, a desire to see people saved and a compassion for those around us who do not have life. As God conforms us, we should notice mercy expanding in our hearts. Because if we understand that we are dealing with life and death here, then it's going to dramatically change our relationship with the people in our community. And so as usual, Paul is demonstrating to us what it means to be a Christian. It's not just about doctrine. It's not just about something that happened at one point in your life. It is a full-on calling and position as disciples and light bearers. And we cannot enjoy God's satisfaction without taking on his commission. And he is absolutely offering us satisfaction. There is an incredible fullness that we're privileged to receive as co-heirs with Christ Jesus. That's what we've been seeing week after week. But the cost of that satisfaction is submission to his will, submission to his transformation. We must become blameless and harmless light bearers by the power of God as his Holy Spirit works in and through us. And the simplest way to start 
uh, on that road to being blameless and harmless. The simplest way to continue walking in the will of God is to evaluate our lives personally for those disqualifiers that we read about today. Complaining, disputing, uh, unconcerned for the lost, friendship with perversion or the world. Ephesians 5.8 You were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That's what God wants. That's what we want. So let's do it.